0: My name is Duke Bendix. I have the pleasure and the uh, great honor, really, of serving here at Grace Covenant Church. Tonight, uh, we're going to continue talking about Advent. I'm going to probably give a little bit of a different angle on the subject. I want to talk, just unpack for the next few moments, what it means or what I understand it to mean and what I want to commend to you to consider of what it is to be an Advent people. We celebrate Advent by remembering and reflecting on stories surrounding Christ's birth, as you know. I think we do this because it's good to remember and affirm certain things that are revealed through those stories. Jesus' birth is the revelation of his incarnation, that he's both God and man. A mystery, but it's true. God's love for the whole earth is revealed through the interesting story of the, of the Magi, following the star to Bethlehem. God loves the Jew, he loves the Gentile. God's sovereignty is revealed in the working out of his purposes, his, the miraculous conceptions of John the Baptist and, of course, Jesus himself. The one that amazes me the most that declares God's sovereignty is the star over Bethlehem. I don't know when that star appeared, but it could have been millions of years. Light coming f- across the universe to intersect at just the right time to declare something that was going on in the earth that was according to his purpose. Jesus' birth was the fulfillment of God's promises, declared, pro- prophesied, and affirmed by Simeon and Anna in the temple. Supernatural reality. Is revealed through the stories of Advent, particularly the virgin birth, of course, but my favorite is the angels coming to the shepherds. The interface of supernatural and natural, something that we aren't ever to take for granted, and yet here it is put before us in the stories that we tell at Christmas time. And of course, there's also uh, the great reality of struggle. Battle, warfare that surrounds the unfolding of God's saving purpose in the earth. And this is revealed and shown to us in a terrible way, a dramatic way, with the murder of the children in Bethlehem at the hands of Herod's soldiers. We have this warfare that's going on, and yet uh, these stories reflect something of the, the revelation of God's great purpose. And of course, the story of Christmas is simply the prelude to the life and death of Jesus himself, the Son of Man. The writer of Hebrews uh, puts in Jesus' mouth the words of the psalmist in the 40th Psalm, a body you have prepared for me. And Jesus came to inhabit and to be a man. For it was in his coming that grace was revealed, flowing down from Calvary's cross, propitiation, that funny word that we really don't have that much familiarity, but it speaks of the anger and wrath of God being put on his son rather than upon us. Of uh, our redemption, of being brought out from the, and emancipated from the slavery that we have to sin. Justification, our peace with God. Reconciliation, a relationship with our creator Restored. And adoption, that relationship now entered into and realized. This season of Advent celebrates the birth of Christ. And it anticipates, it lays the tracks for his sacrificial death. From infant in the manger to the Lamb of Atonement. From the womb of his mother, his human mother, to the tomb of a rich man. Advent sets us upon our journey of faith. Introducing God's great love and further revealing his great plan to deliver and restore his creation to himself. To establish the kingdom of heaven in the earth. In Hebrew thought, God's creation consists of two halves. Heaven and earth. And the the, the purpose of God, the design of eternity is that these two will one day be reunited in the fullness that God intended all along. This is the backstory of the advent that we celebrate leading up to Christmas. This is the backdrop. Think of a stage play. I've been to a couple of Broadway plays, and they always have fairly elaborate backdrops. And in before, in the, those backdrops provide context. They provide a setting. They, they give a sense of, of, of framing the action and the dialogue that goes on in the stage in front of them. The backdrop behind the Advent that we celebrate at this time, is the unfolding work, the movement of God's purpose. I love the word inexorable, the unstoppable outworking of the purpose of God. That's the backdrop of the advent, of the coming of Jesus and his birth. Given the reality of this great outworking, this great unfolding of the purpose of God, this great coming forth of the reality of the kingdom and the consummation of that, I believe it's, it would be helpful for us to understand ourselves more deeply in the term of what I call Advent people. Advent simply means coming or appearing. Biblically, God's people Are a people of his coming, continually looking for, continually anticipating the further outworking of that purpose, the further coming forth of God. Whether it was Abraham waiting on the birth of Isaac, a miracle birth, whether it was the people of Israel crying out for a deliverer, waiting. For God's purpose. They didn't know what it would look like. They certainly didn't know what it would look like in Moses. But there was nonetheless a people anticipating. A people looking for. A people poised for. And expectant of, in varying degrees, the outworking of God's purpose. Rather than simply celebrating Advent in this season, I believe we would do well to consider what it means for us to be people of Advent or an Advent people. I want to just develop that briefly. By the way, we're having baptisms tonight, and that is something to celebrate because these people's lives, yes, in these people's lives, the purpose of God has now come into their lives and swept them up in the great unfolding of his purpose. They're entering into that in a more formal way, and I'll talk a little bit more or touch on that maybe a little more uh, very briefly here in just a few moments. But in order to help us understand what we are as Advent people and what these folks are coming into in anticipating the unfolding work of God in their lives, I want to turn to that favorite Christmas passage found in Titus, (laughs) chapter 2. 11 through 14. Now listen, you can hear Christmas in this though. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession who are zealous for good works. Verse 11 is interesting. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all the people. If that isn't the angels declaring to the shepherds, I don't know what is. Declaring joy to the world. Salvation has come. With the birth of Jesus, with his life, with his crucifixion, we have the appearing of God's grace into the earth, bringing salvation for whomsoever would receive it, for whomsoever would believe. If you're here tonight and the things that we're touching on and talking about are new or or unfamiliar to you, it may be that God is wanting you to, to make a a decision to come and step into the reality of his purpose being unfolded in your life. Because that salvation, as it says here, is for all people. In John, uh, the, the Apostle John in his gospel wrote, The word became flesh, and we have seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In the appearing and ministry of Jesus, God's grace was revealed in the earth to accomplish salvation for all who would believe. Advent people are born of this reality. This coming of grace, this appearing of grace, is what you and I have seen with the aid of the, Holy, with the with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our eyes were opened. The light came into the darkness of our heart. We saw the grace of God. We received that grace... And we have embraced it. And what does that grace do in Advent people? Verse 12. Trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. And I love the phrase, in this present age. What characterizes us as Advent people, we're being trained by grace. Now grace is something most of us think in terms of as God's mercy. God's strengthening, maybe God's life to us, but here grace takes on an an at-working that may be a little bit different than we've ever thought of before. Grace trains us. It disciplines us. We are trained by grace. Some translation says it teaches us, but that word is better translated, I believe, uh, trained or disciplined. Disciplined to live our lives, to live lives that are shaped and directed by that grace. We're trained to renounce, to put off God-resisting works and the passions that drive them. We're trained to be self-controlled, upright, godly in our living, God-reflecting, God-exalting, God-centered in our thinking and our behavior, God-centered in our relationships and attitudes, in the choices we make and in the actions we take. We are being trained to do this every day we live. The coach that is the Holy Spirit puts us back on the field every day and trains us with grace. And we, as Advent people, recognize that's what's going on and we embrace the process. We're trained to be... to. And as I mentioned a moment ago, we do this in this age. The very phrase, we're trained in this age, to do these things in this age, points to one of the reasons why I believe we need to see ourselves as Advent people. If there is an in this age, what must there also be? There must also be an age to come. We're to practice what grace trains in us in this age. But then the writer goes on, Paul goes on to say that we are waiting for our blessed hope. While we're being trained, while we are anticipating the work of God in our lives and the transition that he takes us through, we are waiting for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Advent people are waiting, and we're waiting for something in particular, and that particular, what we're waiting for is the blessed hope of his appearing. Advent people remember that Advent, the initial Advent, the appearing of God's grace brought that into our lives, brought grace into our lives. The appearing we're looking for, though now, is not further grace, it's his actual presence. The word is parousia. You can impress your religious friends with that tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking forward to the parousia. Um, what it means is simply the presence. The, the blessed hope is the coming of the presence of our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The consummation of all that God intends, the completion of his grand design will shine forth when Jesus Christ comes in person with this second appearance there is the resolution of every problem every tear is wiped away everything lost is restored every hope and deepest longing is realized and it's not that God's going to come and put an arm around your shoulder and and do something that's going to make you feel all fulfilled you and i as advent people will set and look at the fulfillment of what we've known only as backdrop when it's complete and we will see it as being thoroughly holy from top to bottom from side to side in every way complete and the way it should be and there will be deep satisfaction and deep peace and deep joy and deep fulfillment because we will be have We will have been and we will be a part of that. Heaven and earth will be restored as they were originally intended. What has been backdrop will come to the front of the stage, gloriously fulfilled, magnified in the praises of a host of Advent people who have looked for, lived for, and died for that day. Paul writes, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God the fought to the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. Because we live with such hope, Advent people understand the danger and the deception of being self-absorbed, of being enticed into measuring life in terms of our own well-being and our own satisfaction. We, we, we know that to be something to be to be regarded with, with uh, to, to be resisted and overcome because he who gave himself for us, verse 14, did so to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession who are zealous for good works. He redeemed us from lawlessness. John defines lawlessness as sin. Not just the actions or the doing of a sin here or there, but the thing of being a law unto yourself. Where what you want, what you do, what you think, what I want, what I do, what I think is what it's got to be. That is the essence of sin. And that's what God, what Jesus Christ came to redeem us from. To, to bring us out from bondage to that. He came and he, to purify for himself a people. A people free from admixture, from that which dilutes and pollutes. Not simply to be good. Jesus isn't just doesn't want to have good people. People who don't do bad things. But rather, he wants us to be unentangled. He's come to purify for himself an unentangled, undeterred people who live their lives to show forth God's great kingdom. We live now in the presence of the backdrop I've described and through our lives that glory is manifested. Not only through our lives individually, but through our lives collectively. As we were singing tonight, there is a power in what we do together. That's what it is to be the body of Christ. Think about that. And we together as Advent people are anticipating a fuller, richer, greater realization of that kingdom coming forth through our lives individually, through our marriages, through our families, through our fellowship, through the way that we conduct ourselves, because Jesus Christ has purified for himself a people, and he's done so because he intends those people to be his own possession. We're heirs, heirs with Jesus Christ. That puts us in a, in a unique category. Not everybody is an heir to what my family were heirs of. Same applies to you. But together, Jesus has, has, has redeemed us that we might be a people of his own possession. Those who are exclusively and uniquely Christ's, enriched and made significant because of this. We're distinct and set apart. We are to be distinct And set apart in the world. In the present age. We are made to be a people of Christ's own possession. A people zealous for good works. Uh, One scholar defines zealous as being. Used the phrase uncompromising partisans. In other words people determined to a cause. And they will give They will pay any price and do anything to see that cause brought about. We might think of it in terms, at least me from the Vietnam generation, guerrilla warfare. We are guerrilla warriors. But we're guerrilla warriors whose mission is to bring God's goodness and blessing into the world. People given over entirely to God, living for him, desiring his purpose above all. In this sense, Advent people are people possessed by God in such a way that pleasing him and showing forth the immeasurable goodness of his nature to all the earth is their number one priority. It is by good works that the grace that brings salvation for all people is to be made known. It's not just through our proclamation. It's rather through our demonstration. It's through our service, our sacrifice. It's through how we love one another. These are the good works that display and manifest the the the, the coming, the advent of the Perusia, of the advent of the fulfillment of the kingdom of God in the earth. So let's be the kind of people who make Advent more than a season in the year. Let the coming of the Lord inform and pervade every part of our lives and our living amen Amen. let me pray with you now if you're here tonight and this is very alien or doesn't doesn't resonate there's a passage in hebrews that talks about we have tasted those of us who are advent people have tasted of the power of the age to come we live in that we live drawing from that reality if you're here tonight and that is not something that is a reality in your life by faith, by experience. And you need to open yourself up to that. When baptisms are over, let me encourage you to come down and find somebody who can just pray with you. And ask the, and ask the Lord to minister his life to you. But I want to pray for you right now. Join me in prayer and then Pastor Donnell will come and lead, lead us into baptisms. Lord God, I pray that what has been described here tonight would begin to trickle down into our hearts, into our understanding, into our spirit, and that you would be glorified. Now, Father, I pray that for anyone here to who this is, this is new news, this is a new angle that they're not at all familiar with, you would draw them and speak to them. Let me just ask you, anybody here that fits into that category, raise your hand. Okay? Lord, I pray for these Advent people, these people who have been born with the appearing from the appearing of your grace, your coming, Lord Jesus, as a child, as a man teaching, manifesting, as a Savior dying. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that trains us. May we live fully in cooperation and in affirmation and in the firm embrace of that grace in all that we do. Amen. Amen.